You are now listening to a 302 Birds podcast experience. Proudly powered by TickPick, Cuthbert, El Diablo Burritos, Nick's Pizza, and Klondike Kate's on the heart of Main Street. I can feel it now, ballpark, Tommy. Toes in the sand, ass in a chair, drink in my hand in Clearwater, Florida. Yes, everybody, big announcement. We're going to be making a little trip soon, a little road trip. Eh, eh. So stay tuned. We are going to be down in Clearwater, Florida. Welcome to another episode of 302 Birds, Season 6, Episode 4. Heading to Florida, talking about Patrick Queen potentially to the Eagles. Chris Sims absolutely idiotic comments is the nice way to put it when you're a Philly fan, just saying. Um, And last but not least, uh, some great call-ins and a lot more topics. But kicking off the show... I'm going to hit that El Diablo intro and thank them for what they've done for us for six seasons now. That is crazy to think about, but let's hit that intro for the Collins. What do I want when I'm in the state of Delaware? Of course, El Diablo burritos. Customer service always is serving your food with a smile on their face, asking how your day is. Their food is phenomenal as well. Their burritos are out of this world, one of the best burritos in town. Their queso is phenomenal. Their Burrito bowls are amazing as well. When you're in and around Delaware, stop by your local El Diablo Burritos and tell them that 302 Birds sent you. God bless. Go Welcome, Wed. How you doing tonight, buddy? Uh, good. That's good to hear. What do you got for me tonight? What question do you have for us? Uh, I got a question. Uh, what do you all think about the media throwing the Philly sports players under the bus? Yeah, I mean, it's a given. Um being an Eagles fan, being a Philly fan, it's a given that uh, no matter what, any team, any player is going to get thrown under the bus. Um, even WIP does it. So, I mean, no matter what, like, I just think wherever we go, wherever we watch, it's always going to get thrown under the bus because that's something they want, they want to talk about and throw, us, throw shame to our name. It's yeah, sad. I think we should use it. Oh, sorry, Matt. Go ahead. Ash. I think we should use it as fuel to the fire, right? We should use that that kind of all the crap that gets thrown at us and saying that we're a terrible teams and that we are not made to go the distance. We should use that as fuel to only make us better. And obviously, any team is going to get criticism. It is a lot more significant, I feel like, in Philly sports, but I want them to use it as fire at fuel to the fire so that they can come out and become a better team overall. Yeah, I definitely think, like, you know, you can look at it two ways. One, it fuels the players to play better, but also it can repel players from coming to Philly. Um, you know, a lot of people that leave Philadelphia, like all the media there is ruthless. But then a lot of people that are in Philly, they're also just like, you know, we love our city and we love that they hold they hold, they hold us to such a high accountability. So, you know, me as a fan, it's like, I wish they just kind of hopped off a little bit. But, you know, that's just me. I think they kind of take it a little too far sometimes. Like, when you turn on 94-1 WIP, it's like, and all you hear is just them roasting our Philly teams. It's just like, come on. Like, what, what good's happening with the teams? Like, let's let's have some, uh, you know, let's have some positive comments. I love this question, Wit. I think the way you asked it is perfect. And for you guys who don't know, Wit is a rare breed. Um, Wit, can I share your fandom story about how you're like, uh, so I guess it's fair to say because of Wit's influence on this show, um, and Wit being the genius that he is with his football knowledge, we try to convince Wit to be an Eagles fan the most he can. 
uh, but Wood is also a Patriots fan, and understandably so. His dad's a Patriots fan. His mom is an Eagles fan. So we try to blend him over to the Eagles and Phillies, and sometimes the Sixers. I, I get it. You know, the Celtics are a lot more successful as far as NBA accolades go, but it, it's nice to have you on the show, Wit. And not only that, I mean this question, because, dude, you're you're 1,000% right. The media takes things out of context. They spread rumors. Shout out to my guy, KJ McCoy, who got me this shirt. We were actually talking today, and he mentioned, you know, how uh, rumors, emphasis on rumors, them not being true, it's a shame of how they spread around the city and how it can really internally take down a team. One example I'll use real quick, shout out to Britton Covey, great player. The Philadelphia Inquirer came out this year and wrote a very false story that was not true. And Britton Covey stood up for himself on Twitter and had proof and basically exposed the media uh, for spreading lies, spreading false allegations. And it's it's frustrating to see that because, look, the players already deal with enough from our fans, right? Like, we don't need to add to it more. So just be smarter. Don't spread rumors that aren't true because it's just going to drive down your life and make you more depressed because our teams are going to suck more. People aren't going to want to play here like wit. Your guy, A.J. Brown, do you think he's going to want to play for this team that's spreading rumors about him? No. <laughs> no. It's as straightforward of an answer as you're going to get. <laughs> Wait, all I got to say is don't be a Sixers fan. Stay a Celtics fan. Oh, my God. We got a we got a the audience asking you a question. Were you happy or sad when the Eagles beat the Patriots? Uh, mixed reaction. <laughs> God, he has. Are you have like answers written down or something, man? <laughs> no, that's like the perfect answer. Why do you say mixed reaction? Can we pry into that a little bit more? Uh, because I really wanted both of them to win. I mean, um. <laughs> so wait, let me ask you something though. It's like the old uh, shepherd's tale. You know, you have a hundred sheep. The Patriots fans have like near fucking hundred Super Bowls. Sorry, part of my French, but it's true. You guys have what? Six Super Bowls as Patriots fans now? Six? Yeah. Six Super Bowls, bro. So let me ask you something. When the Eagles got one, were you like, all right, like, I, it's all right. I guess that my other team can have one at least, so I don't have to hear it from Cowboys fans as much. Yeah. Hey, well said, man. Well, Wit, I appreciate you for coming on here, man. My own family and joining us. And uh, this won't be your last time on the show, my man. We'll have to get you to come back soon, okay? All right. All right. <laughs> appreciate you, bro. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Thank, Thank you, Wit. Have a good night. Cousin for joining in. I love that kid. Good kid. Very straightforward answers. Gotta love it. <laughs> Very straightforward. Were you happy or sad when the Eagles won the Super Bowl? Nah, neither. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you kind of had so, play, uh, I'm excited for some Cracker Jacks this year and heading over to uh, the ballpark, baby. Are you excited, Tommy? I see you got on the hat, right? I'm very excited for for some uh, some uh, beer, some some baseball. Oh, especially down in Clearwater, we got we went from CIL this weekend to. Another beach town down south in Clearwater. Hey, Clearwater. I don't know if we can get Nick's Pizza down there, 
might be a little bit far. Uh, but without further ado, I will hit that intro and take everybody into the ballpark. Time for Phillies Talk with Ballpark Tommy. Dingers, Nick! Thank you, Dutchie. And as always, thank you, Nick's Pizza. A very delicious pizza, I might add, and myself. Um, but as always, time for some ballpark Tommy. Um, so Dutch, I don't know where Dutch went, but Dutch and cast. So, oh, one of our one of our main talking points we've been talking about since last year. We were talking about the year before when they went on their incredible run. But we want our trophy back. We want John Middleton wants his trophy back, and he pretty much called all the players together. He called them all, all of them showed up Monday. Finally, had the full squad down there. All their non-roster invitees, all the roster invitees, minor league non-roster, you name it, everyone was there. There, and he pulled everyone aside. And JT said, and he in a very passionate all team, team all coaches meeting, I want my effing trophy back. And you know what? I think the city of Brother of Love wants their effing trophy back, too. Oh, it's time. And I th- I think I think at this point, the way this roster is built, you got a guy with Wheeler, a guy with Nola, both workhorses. They're a rare breed in today's game, still being able to throw about seven innings. innings whereas everyone, they only really top out at five innings anymore. Eric. I think this team's built for a roster. I think John Middleton absolutely has a fair and valid point. This is a roster built to bring back his effing trophy. What do you guys think? Yeah, 100%. I, uh, I really like where our bullpen is. I mean, it's kind of funny when we're saying, oh, our fifth starter is going to be Sixto Sanchez. I mean, he had a – no, not Sixto. Was it? No, not Christopher. Sixto. Christopher. <laughs> Christopher Sanchez. I saw a picture of Sixto Sanchez, and it looks like he gained like 700 pounds. I don't know if you yeah. guys saw that. <laughs> I don't know. That, so that was just on my mind. But it's kind of funny when we have Christopher Sanchez as our number five because he pitched really well last year. Um, and our bullpen, I really like where we're at. Uh, the hitting, I think, is going to be fantastic. You know, knocking on wood, Harper's going to stay healthy all year. Um, you know, playing first base. And I just think that we have a really, really solid lineup top to bottom. And I think that we're built to go to the distance, you know, looking at a team like the Dodgers. Yeah. They have the superstars from one to nine, but they've always had super superstars one to nine and they lose first round of the playoffs every single year. So it's like, why is this any different? You know, we're built to go the distance. You know, our pitching, they're going to start out slow and they're going to hit the gas pedal in July and August. And we're just going to fire off that. We're going to get into the playoffs. I think we're going to finish with above 95 wins this year. I really do. Um, And I just think it's going to be a really fun year for the Phillies. And I just can't wait for spring training kickoff on Saturday. It's exciting. I think it is definitely one of those opportunities that we have to do it. I think there's this kind of feeling in the city and in the fan base that it is now or never. We've been so close. We've had that almost victory twice. Um, Last year was a little bit more questionable, but especially the year before when we went the distance, we just didn't come home with that trophy. And I think um, Brandon Marsh came out earlier this week and said, we are so close. And he's right. We are 
so close. And Clearwater is just the beginning of this. And I cannot wait. Our bullpen is also, I'm pretty sure, based on prospects and all that, going to be stacked. I think we are in a much better position than we were a year before or last year. And I'm just excited to see what they can do moving forward. It's great to have an owner, you know, saying this stuff because there's so many shitty owners, especially in the game of baseball, trying to move their franchise and everything. But um, it's great to hear Middleton's giving Dave the green light, spend as much money as he want. Um, it actually came out reported that the Phillies offered the most money for Yamamoto. So it just shows they're ready to go all in. And they even made a, a comment this week saying that, you know, even though they might not uh, spend like all the money now to go over um, whatever the luxury tax threshold is. They uh, watch out at the trade deadline. John Middleton already gave Dave the green light to spend as much as he wants. So I definitely think uh, going into the deadline, if we have any needs, um, I think Dave's going to go all in. And I, th- I think this really is the year, especially with everybody staying healthy. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, and, and and staying healthy. I mean, we haven't even started the spring training yet, but I have I have that good feeling, like that good mojo in my body, man. Like, you know, I just I I'm knocking on wood whenever I say it. Like, I don't know if you guys can hear it, but I'm knocking. You know, I just feel really good about this year, and like I think their mojo going into straight in the training camp is just I haven't seen it in a while, and I they're walking into that in that complex with some swagger, and it's making me feel good. Absolutely. And like just trying to keep this team as cohesive as they can. And like like even Dave Dombrowski and Zach Wheeler got asked on their first days when pitchers and catchers reported last week, like, what is it what what are some of your goals still for this offseason? Some of them are like keeping Wheeler a Philly in the long term because they want they see this team as as that team that's going to be a long-term winning dynasty. Like, unfortunately, the Astros, I I can't, you know, but they see this team as a long-term team. Wheeler wants to get a deal done by the end of spring training. So so does um, his agent. Wheeler's kind of left it all at this point, hands off, and leaving it up to his agent, Dave Dombrowski, to kind of figure out a deal. Oh, and it seems like that's the next long term, and that seems like the next priority this off season, especially with Whit Merrifield being signed. So they ha- they got their depth this off season with Whit Merrifield, who he'll play a little second base, he'll play left field. His center field days might be overish because he's um he's kind of slowed down. He's gotten older. Like let's face it, Father Time, I'm catches up with everyone, and and. and he at this point he, even you, he seems Ditch. like he's going to be what even you Dutch even you Dutch yep so um I don't know that's just, that's just what it seems like and to me you got to keep this guy he's the at this point he's the next like Madison Bumgarner where he's throwing eight nine innings in the playoffs for you and then the next day he's willing to come out of the bullpen and give you an inning or two to shut down and just and close the deal at this point. I yeah, think this guy. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, this guy's an absolute stud and it, one of the best contracts in 
Phillies MLB history. We signed him to a five-year, $118 million deal. And I actually looked at on fan graphs um, the past four years that Wheeler's been here. He's already been worth $154 million. So, you know, he's our ace. He loves this city. He's already said he would love to resign. So, you know, you got to make it a top priority. Um, resign him now before the other teams go in after him. Because there's a lot of uh, top free agents starting pitchers next year. Some names, Garrett Cole, uh, Corbin Burns, Walker Bueller, Shane Bieber, Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander. So some of these teams might lose their ace and might try to pivot to Wheeler. So, you know, this would be a huge if we can um, knock this out of the way and sign them now. Took, took the words right out of my mouth. Absolutely. Yeah, you killed it. Perfect. And with that, you know, oh, go ahead, Doc. It looks like you want to say something. No, I didn't want to say anything at all. I was actually going to move on to the next topic and talk about, you know, I started off the show talking about Florida, Tom. I'm excited, man. What is the first game on Saturday? Yep. It is. They what play will Blue, Tom salute they play you? Blue Jay Saturday. Saturday. Give me, where paint me a I picture, Saturday? Take, me, take me to where you'll be at. Well, first I'll be in my well because it's busy season, Dutch. Uh, I'll be in my basement, um, do, preparing audits, <laughs> and some financial statements. Um, Saturday morning till about probably like one o'clock, which takes us up to about first pitch. Um, then we'll, we'll I'll see the first pitch probably from where I'm sitting, and probably still be doing a little bit of work, unfortunately. Um, so it's not exactly uh, the most rainbow looking of uh, pictures being painted. And I yeah, so I'll, I'll probably just be a dual monitor, uh, preparing financial statements with the TV on in the background, trying to catch a glimpse of that first opening or that first spring training game uh, pitches. Is to be seen. So, uh, I usually it's, it'll be a good first game to watch. Like, price probably won't see Harper or anything like that because they all probably just got to camp. You probably won't see a lot of big names until Sunday. The way Rob Thompson made it sound like when he was talking to John Clark yesterday between yesterday and today. So, um, Sunday is probably the better game to watch. Sunday, I'll probably be more inclined to watch it. The Rita's by me opened. I have a little tradition of like, like Rita's final, the local Rita's opens by me. I go get, get a little bit of a gelati. He go, go sit down, watch the game for a few innings and, you know, have a good time. Yeah, what can I say? How about you, Dutch? Where are you going to be doing? I know you, I know you want to be betting on these games. Where are you going to be doing? Yeah, Tom, I need some action. You're right, baby. It's been a long time since the uh, Super Bowl, so I need some action. I'm fiending over here. Just kidding. In all <laughs> seriousness, though, it is nice to, like, there's a different feeling. I'm glad you bring it up like that when you're betting on the Phillies or on the Eagles. It's just a different mindset. I don't know why, but maybe it's just because the Sixers and Flyers, for the majority of my life, haven't let me down. The Phillies <laughs> and Eagles are good on my list. Both of them have won a championship during my lifetime. As far as I'm concerned, they're done their work. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I don't mean to jinx it. Bring more. I want more. But I'm saying as far as me to complete whatever they call it, uh, not the trifecta, but whatever a trifecta would be, a quadfecta or whatever the fuck, for me to get that, all Philly sports teams, hey, Flyers, you're due. Sixers, you're due. 
Uh, I probably am going to live until 75. I'm 25 now. 50 years, man. You're giving yourself 50 years, though? I'm hoping that we have some kind of a technology by then and I can just hang out and watch these spring training games in Florida, like on the beach in like a space suit where I'm not getting like skin cancer or something odd like that. But in all seriousness, um, I'm excited to watch it. And like Tom said, it's a different feeling when you're betting on the fills to be back at the ballpark with chicken and pizza in my hand and a Schwarber first home run in my DraftKings account. Thank you. <laughs> I'm there. I'm there. Spring is in the air, baby. That's all I got to say. Spring is Dalt, in the air. I just love how Dalt put a time limit on his life. <laughs> he even gave himself 50 more years, man. That's... <laughs> hey, to be clear, Matt, I didn't put a time limit on my life. I put a time limit on the Flyers and Sixers championship. <laughs> it just happens to be I hope that they win it in my life. <laughs> We'll, we'll see if that happens. Although this year's looking promising for the Flyers. Six years, but the Flyers. <laughs> hey, Nick Nurse is a step in the right direction. I'll say that. He is. But let's talk a little bit about our Philadelphia Eagles. And I actually have a very special guest who's going to be on the show, a good friend of ours. Our boy. You guys love him. The man, the myth, the legend himself. The guy with... I'll just let him tell you the jersey for himself. Uh, but my boy Dennis joining the podcast. How you doing tonight, sir? It's, you know, we talked earlier. It's uh, been a rough month. Um, you guys know who I am, though. Look at the, the name tag at the bottom. <laughs> That's a nice, <laughs> subtle way to do it. I appreciate that. That way we don't call anybody out. So if you're on Spotify you're just going to sit here and think about the mystery. But, Dennis, how are you feeling about this Brazil game and, and the rumor of it potentially being the Browns? Did you not see my post? Speak. <laughs> it's robbery. It's disrespectful to season ticket holders. I do not believe it should be us. If it is us, any, any game that's out of the U.S. should be a preseason game. Let the rookies explore the world, games that are on the line that can dictate the playoffs, things like that. You're taking teams out of their home field advantage and putting them in a third-world country that can't even afford their own football team, and they only want to go ole, ole, ole to freaking soccer. This is football. This ain't soccer. Like, let's get it right. They Sorry might say you. ole, ole, ole to football. When alcohol and Philly fans are involved, I'm just saying it's a good time. Let's I, get, I to the, robbed, get to though, the, the point of it is, is season ticket holders are robbed of a game that they could have had at home at Lincoln Financial Field where we have the home field advantage. We are one of the top three stadiums of the scariest places to play. So now you want to give it to a third world country where they can barely afford diapers. Give and them I agree. Give them a penny and you can feed a kid for a dollar. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it is robbery. Um, I'm not a season ticket holder, but, uh, you and, know, we got robbed last year with, um, you know, not having an open season, you know, first week at home. The fact that it's out of this country, um, it, it's just robbery for them. I mean, like you said, I feel like the main countries that they've had overseas games is where, it's where football should be played, but not a third world country. Like, they can't afford anything like that. No one's going to want to go there. Uh, to get there's expensive. So, like I said, I agree with you, Dennis, for sure. I mean, I'm not trying to hurt any, like, 
nationalities, feelings, or nothing like that. That's not my intentions. But as somebody that's a season ticket holder, like, why? 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 I hear what you're saying. You're not getting a flight to Brazil. You're not getting, you know what I mean? A if hotel they selected like 200 people that are season ticket holders, I'd be okay with it. But we're not getting any of that. We're getting a blatant that. Like, yeah. Um, a little, a little um, something else about this game is apparently um, uh, in Brazil, where this uh, game located, the rival soccer team wears green. So all these Brazilian fans hate the color green. So, <laughs> I mean, what is the NFL doing? So stay tuned to that. Probably don't expect Kelly Green or anything. So, yeah, just a little interesting fact. Why would they choose the Eagles then? So people are talking about how it's unfair, blah, 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 because Brazil is so far away. But the flight time to Germany is the exact same flight time to Brazil. And we're actually kind of lucking out in the sense that we're having it week one. We have, you know, we can go down there a week early and not have to worry about, you know, the week before or anything like that. We have that two weeks off now from the last preseason game to the first week of football. And then also thinking about, you know, time lag and stuff like that. They're only an hour ahead of us. Um, so it's not like we're playing in Germany where they're going to be playing at 8 o'clock in the morning. They're going to be playing, say, it's a 7 o'clock game. They're going to be playing at 6 p.m. Eastern time. So, I mean, I think in terms of international games, the Eagles actually really lucked out. It sucks that it's a home game, but no matter who's the home team, they're going to be complaining. So I think we got to look at it like, you know, Roger Goodell and the NFL is trying to grow the game of football. And I'm kind of blessed that, you know, it's the Eagles and we're not playing at seven o'clock in the morning our time that's how i look at it it being week one is a huge huge benefit um just from the fact of like it we can do kind of whatever we want that week leading up they can prepare they can mentally get ready for it and then the time change as um matt mentioned is very very minimal it's not like i mean i'm in central time so when the eagles played in london that was a 7.30 a.m. kickoff time. It was terrible. So it, them being on more closer to Eastern time is definitely going to be beneficial for the players. And it's going to feel very similar for the fans that are there. Obviously, it sucks that it's a home game, but ultimately it has to count for a home game for one team. So we had a 50-50 shot of whether they were calling it our home game or whatever the Southern team's home game is. Now, hold on, hold on. I think you're all giving 7.30 a.m. a bad rap. Some of us <laughs> are part of the early morning risers crew. Some of us like getting up at like 5 a.m., you know, go for a nice leisurely stroll down the beach, enjoy nature, be one with the earth. Like 7.30 a.m. our time? Are you fucking kidding me? Are but, you guys yeah. fucking with me? No, Not but here's on a all... Sunday. But also, no, it's Friday. On a Sunday. Dutch, but this is not. I don't even care about the fans here. I'm saying, do you want to get up at 7:30 in the morning? Your body's acclimated, yes. getting hit at one o'clock, and you're going to be getting popped at 7:30 in the morning. I don't think anyone wants to deal with that shit. Well, that, they would be acclimated I, uh, to the local time over that there. That sounds like two a days in high school to me. That, that sounds is, like freaking two so, a days in high school. Well, how? Look, I love to. To be able to relax and watch an Eagles game is the way I'll put it. I'm not going to be able to relax at 7.30 in the morning. I'm going to have to take off work to be able to you watch You relax game. during Eagles games? I don't. Sorry. I don't care if it's 1 o'clock, right, 4.30, right. 8.30. Nope, you're right. 
You're right. I have to be able to be in a decent mindset when a Philly sports team emotionally drains me of everything that I've worked for that past week. So it's like, I'm going to make it to Friday. It's going to be a great week. I'm having a great week. And then boom, the Eagles are going to end up playing. Like, and also, can we just speak on the Browns really quick too? The the Browns? Really? That's well, you that's your take... showstopper NFL. I mean, I'm not about that. I just think it's kind of a come on. I, I'm well, even better with it. Be? I'm gonna uh, pose that question to you then. Who would you rather it be? I would love the Packers or Doug Peterson. Look, hear me out. The Jaguars, it makes sense. The Jaguars like to play international. They're used to it. Just fucking throw them under the bus. Nobody really cares about the Jaguars anyway. Like 10 people do. Sorry, my Jaguars listeners. I love you guys for real. Uh, they'll get the joke. Real ones, I should say. I think Jordan Love and Jalen Hurts would sell tickets. Love just got a playoff win. Hurts did it. You can do the whole logo conspiracy thing like I like. Or the Jaguars would be great too because the Jaguars, in my opinion, look, they're used to going away. It would count as an away game for them because technically they play the Eagles away. So I think that the Jaguars or the Packers would sell a lot more tickets than the Browns. I'll leave it at that. Dalt, do you not remember what happened the last time Jordan Love played the Eagles for a half? I'm just asking, do you not remember? That's the same game that they put Aaron Rodgers out and made him leave the game at halftime. That kid got devoured and got ran up the field by luck, and Jalen showed him what he's capable of. And now you're giving him a coordinator that's willing to let Jalen be Jalen. So what do you think is honestly going to happen? Are you talking about the game in 2022 when we played them? Yes, I am, because I was there. That was a good game, though. I mean, the Packers ended up being within a touchdown at the end of it, right? They played a pretty good second half. That's when that's when Blankenshit actually played good, and he didn't play like an idiot. <laughs> but now, but now we have the greatest thing since sliced bread, Sidney freaking Brown. And when he comes back at a hundred percent, he takes his job. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be perfect. <laughs> but um. I'm just going to touch on this real fast because I've had a lot going on over the last month. Some people don't know. Um, and I, I won't tie y'all's podcast up because I'm at work too. Um, if you haven't noticed, we haven't had our podcast in a while. Um, my grandmom got diagnosed with stage four lung cancer last month. We had no knowledge, no warning, no nothing. Um, literally, she was just at the Eagles game for the Dolphins and Cowboys with me. No sign of it, no nothing. Um, they just brought hospice in starting today. Um, they gave her three months. I don't think it's going to be three months. So literally a woman that was just inside Lincoln financial field with me, I won't have her with me no more. So that's why things have kind of been quiet. I appreciate y'all just giving me a few minutes to come on and talk about my favorite team and things like that. So I just want to tell y'all, thank you. Um, I was literally on the phone with Dalton before the show and he knows like, how hard it is for me. But again, thank you all for letting me just come here and step away from being the fireman EMT who's taking care of his grandma and watching her die to just being a fan for a minute. So I really just wanted to tell all y'all thank you. Love you. Much love, love you. Man. Much love. Sir. Yeah, we're all she fans. I think that we she's, all agree she's, on that. She's raised me since I was uh, three months old. So like that that's my mom. So 
and I've never experienced like a loss like this. So I'm, I'm lost. I'm heartbroken. Um, again, so thank you. Hey, thank you for coming on, man. And, and we're keeping you in our prayers for real. And we'll get you on here again soon. Much love, Dennis. Thank you. All right, guys. See you. Love it. Love it. I think he hit the nail on the head with that as season ticket uh, holders feel. Right, guys? Yes, sir. Yeah. All right. I've been wanting to get into this all week. I made a nickname for him on the phone. I was talking with KJ. I call him Slim or uh, Slim Sucky. That was it. This guy had his hair dyed back in the day, but it wasn't frosted tips. It was all blonde. So it wasn't even like me where it's like you dip your toes in. It was like all the way and it just didn't look good. But you know what looked worse? Oh, his career stats. Damn. Getting into it just like that. Here's my biggest beef with this. You're talking shit on a guy who has more passing yards in one season than you have in your entire career. It's evident, it's evident that you were born to hate the Philadelphia Eagles with your dad being Phil Simms, of course, the great Giants quarterback. But, moreover, I just want to say, it's obvious how much you hate this team and hate this fan base. Like, after Jalen Hurts lost to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl by three points, which was pretty impressive as far as I'm concerned the rest of the game, this guy came out the next season and had him ranked seven. Seven out of 40 as far as QBs are concerned. I mean, the lack of knowledge, just frustrating in my opinion, to say the least. I have one uh, thing to tell him. He needs to stay in his lane. Um, he does not need to be commenting on all of this craziness, just like we were talking about the media earlier. If he just would keep his mouth shut this would not be blowing up and being the situation that it is. And you, you can't, you can't compare those stats. You just, you can't, there's no comparison. Yes. The fact that he said, if you put Kyler Murray into this offense, he's going to be amazing. That's crazy. (laughs) That's nonsense. That is nonsense. Jalen hurts is a way better quarterback than Kyler Murray. Um, Yeah. He had a rough patch last season, but that's just crazy. It just clickbait. They want to get the most views. They want us to get a reaction like they're getting right now, just so it's media. So I really think, like Ash said, he needs to stay in his lane. You're an announcer now. You have no, like, stay out of it. Like, worry about talking about the games. Don't worry about the players or even the Eagles. Like, stop it. Like, stop it right now. I've, I've always hated the, the Sims family. Uh, you know, Phil Sims roasting me in Madden whenever I sucked. You know, Chris Sims, Chris Sims roasting the Eagles any chance that he gets. It's just like, screw off. Um, You know, Jalen Hurts, he's proven himself. I really feel like he has, you know, last year um, going to the Super Bowl this past season, just kind of, you know, he he took us out to a 10 and one start. You know, he was proving that we had a good team. We had shitty play calling. Um, I don't think anyone could be thrown on this team and perform well. We saw Marcus Mariota suck dick. Like, and I think Marcus Mariota may be a better quarterback than Kyler Murray. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on here, but um, I just think that Chris Sims is way out of line. Yeah. Yeah. The Jalen Hurts slander has gone way too far. He's um, I saw in a couple recent quarterback rankings, they had him at around 14 and 17, which is fucking ridiculous. He's definitely a top 10 guy. And, you know, it's crazy how fast, um, 
acting like this guy is just average when he was last year second in MVP. He would have won it, frankly, if he didn't get injured. He was um, MVP, like like uh, Matt said, we he start he gave us a ten and one start, and he was actually MVP favorite till November. And you know they're questioning his leadership skills when last year they were saying he's the best leader in the game, and we already saw him do it in the biggest stage he frankly outperformed Mahomes in the Super Bowl. So it's ridiculous, but I'm really excited um, for Hertz to silence the haters this year with uh, Kellen Moore and not having, you know, bum-ass Brian Johnson. <laughs> Chris Sims is like that uh, little kid in the schoolyard that, like, says a whole bunch of shit. It keeps just saying it because, like, you proved – and, like, you proved him wrong, and now it's like – well, no, I, I, I got myself in too deep. Now I got to just keep saying it until the lie is true. Like, you ever, like, have you ever heard that phrase? Like, like, if you say it enough, it's true. And I think that's what, like, Chris Sims, like, believes here. Like, I think he really does believe if I say it enough, then it will be true. But, like, it's not true. Like, we saw last year, like, he, we, we saw, like, Jalen had a, pivot on the run. Jalen had to like be a coach on the field. Jalen had to have the ability to throw. Jalen had to have the tenacity to come back from a knee injury and not not flinch once. Um, I think he's very out of line. I don't think he really knows football. We, we all remember the infamous John Gruden video where he can't even remember two words to a play and John Gruden's getting mad at him. Like, and don't, I, I think it has something to do with what you sent us earlier, where he, you sent us his salary where he was getting paid like $400,000. Here's, I think, I think Mr. $400,000 man seeing it, seeing that NBC sees he's not worth $400,000. And all of a sudden he, he needs clicks to stay on the air needs clicks to keep his job and he knows we'll get all riled up we'll get mad like what we're doing now and he'll get clicks so he can keep his job um that he got handed because his daddy won a super bowl oh let's be honest he's an unintelligent analyst he doesn't know football he can't put two words together we saw that with john gruden and he just hates Jalen because he dug a hole too deep. He's an unsecure, blonde-haired, bleached, blonde-haired man. And and I I just don't get it, Dutch. I just don't. I don't either, man. I mean, at least some of us bleached, blonde-haired guys are secure with ourselves, unlike him. In all seriousness, though, I mean, this guy is... This guy is paid as an analyst. That's what pisses me off. We we all are entertainers. We don't claim to be analysts. We're entertainers, right? We're here to entertain you guys. This guy's an analyst getting paid four hundred hundred thousand dollars a year. Wow, that's not a hundred. That's not two hundred. That's not three hundred. That's four hundred of them. But they're deciding to pay this guy a year. That's just absolutely flabbergasting to me that this guy gets paid that much for, for what? I mean, I don't find anything that interesting about him and I don't mean that in a mean way. I mean, yeah, you do. 
I do. Uh, but when you talk about <laughs> Philly sports like that, you're going to have beef when, when you just say things for clicks, like Tom says. And, and that gets under our skin because it's like when you're an analyst, be an analyst. Everybody on TikTok that says things like that, I like the video. I'm like, that's hilarious. It's like Batman and Joker. But this would be like if, I don't know, the police chief, like somebody that like has admirable, you know what I mean? Their opinion matters. That's what I'm trying to say. And it's Batman and Joker should not be involved. You know, when I get into it with a Cowboys fan on TikTok, it doesn't matter. Chris Sims, you're paid to be an analyst. Be an analyst. I'll keep it that simple. So and tonight we found out that the adult is going to live until 75 and he knows how to count. 100,000, 200,000, 300,000. <laughs> that is very true. Yeah, I, I do know how to count now, thankfully. And um, I do know also uh, that Matt is giving me a new hot take, to say the least. Right, Matt? Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, yes. Why don't you get into it? I'm bringing up the graphic right now for you. All right. Yeah. So hot take for this week is, uh, you know, first of all, thank you, the Sharps, for sponsoring uh, this uh, this segment. Uh, Sharps is our newest sponsor. Or it's an app where you can go track and tailor your friends' latest bets. Go make some money, lose some money with your friends. No matter what, betting's a lot of fun. Just bet responsibly. Um, you can sign up using the code 302D866. 302D866. So the hot take of the week is golf is the hardest sport to play. Out of any sport out there, golf is the hardest. I don't hear oh you my god! I love you brought that up because I, Tom, and most of these baseball guys, they're like, "Oh no, baseball is the hardest sport to play." Hey, baseball's this, baseball's that. No, I think golf is definitely the hardest sport. I think golf is the hardest sport. I mean, I'm being biased because I play golf, but I mean, it is hard to pick up an iron or a driver to hit a ball straight. You have five. If, no. If you're playing a par five, you have five shots to get par. You know how hard that is? And especially on tour, you see these tournaments that Genesis are just having last weekend. All those fans watching you in the narrow area, it's tough. So I definitely agree with that. I'm glad you brought that up, Haas. Really, really made me happy. <laughs> Matt, are you saying on the professional level, hardest sport? I'm saying, I'm saying on the amateur, le- just any okay, sport amateur. that you can play, you know, practicing thousands of hours. Yeah. I think technically you can get better at baseball than you could at golf. Golf. That's I mean, fair... you think you think about it. Just think about it. They're they're these courses are par seventy twos, and they're only shooting ten shots under. And you're like, oh, 10 shots. It's really not that hard. But clearly, Tom, you've never gone out and played a round of golf. I know, I know. I play, I play golf like regularly now. Now, and you now that I'm, did, and you now that I'm old and decrepit, it I can. It is easier for me to pick up a golf club like five times a year, cold, and just go out. Count. What? I don't know. He's going in and he's out. He's at par threes. Don't count. He's busting your balls. I have a question though, Tom. Uh, if if golf ahead. isn't your hardest sport, what is? I'm I wonder baseball. if you and I are one hundred percent baseball. Oh, baseball is a lot. You have about 0.4 seconds to figure out whether the pitch is a ball or a strike, and to locate it, have your hand-eye coordination 
meet said ball and and get a hit off of it. Most Dutch, if I threw you, and I, I was never a pitcher and probably couldn't be, if I threw you a fa- my fastball currently, there's no way you'd be able to hit it right now. Without a shot, you would not be able to hit it. it but I bet you you could hit a ball down down the fairway pretty easily. I, hey, I bet you you could. I played hey, I know I can pick up a golf club right now Oh, on a regular par five and easily knock it about three quarters of the way down down the fairway on my on a tee off. Like what can, that's what can, easy. On a par seventy two, what do you shoot? On a par seventy two, usually around a hundred and five to hundred. Exactly. That's just that's proving the point. What? That's proof. That, 105 um, sucks, dude. That's so bad. <laughs> so? Tom, talk to, I play talk five to. times a year. That's easy. Could I bat 300 in a in in just like a normal league? Probably, Probably. not. If guys no, if guys are throwing 900 or not nine. If guys are throwing about 80 miles an hour in like a men's league right now, oh probably like I'm coming off cold, not practicing or anything like that. I probably wouldn't wouldn't hit that well. Probably wouldn't so bat 300. But I if I guys, go ahead, but if sorry. I go and okay, sorry, just but if I can pick up a golf club whenever I want and can easily at least hit far or like my my bad part of my game is putting. So like. If I actually practice putting, I probably w- would be very, very good at golf. So you're capping right now. That's 100% facts. No, I'm not. I know for a damn fact that if you go – if I take you out on the golf course, go let's say Saturday, okay? Okay. Your first drive off the tee box is going to go to the left or to no. the right. It's not going straight down Broadway. No, Tom. I know I get, I get worse. I get worse as the round goes. So actually, no. By by like the tenth hole, yes, but not on the first hole. I know I'm my sorry, tendencies too. Sorry, this is taking so much time, dog. But like, I just I, this is cap. Tom is capping. Right no, now. it's like, not. You guys are all fucking wrong. The hardest sport is fucking hockey. Jesus Christ! All right, <laughs> what I wanted to say is the discrepancy in both of your arguments. Tom is talking about what is the most like good players at he's saying that there's more old guys that are playing fucking golf out there like look john daly like he's a player any other sport where this guy over here is like the peak athlete please hot dog eating contest yes thank you and he's probably (laughs) the fucking number one player in the world he's coming john daly is on the senior tour so obviously the track is a lot easier than playing in the pga tour there's a difference (laughs) I'll say this yep. though, but I hear Tom. But he argument. does get to. There's less guys that are 25 that are really good golfers than guys that are 25 that uh, are hockey or baseball players that are pro. Like when you think about how small that little of a pop, like if you take old men too, if you line a bunch of old men up, there's more old men that play golf than there's more old men. Then play hockey, but by the littler number. And then if I think you took an old guy, like 85 years old, and if you asked him to swing a golf club, I think he could do it. I think if you asked him to hit a hockey club, put on all the pads, get out there, that's a lot. 
And then if you had an old guy that could somehow get up there, hold how much does a bat weigh, Tom? 32 It ounces. depends on the size, but anywhere from like usually like 34 Standard to like MLB. 40 Standard MLB. Standard MLB, probably like 37, 38 ounces. Taking a 37-ounce baseball bat and having to swing it at fucking, uh, like not Otani will say, but like let's just say a 95-mile-per-hour fastball. I don't think that that's going to happen. I think that but you're, you're also saying here's, here's uh, I have one more thing and then we can move on in the show because this did take a long time and this is my fucking segment. So let me fucking talk. <laughs> um, here's the thing. You're talking about guys throwing 95 miles an hour, but that is like top three percentile in the entire. OK, world. let's talk 80 then. 80 is even still my top 20 percentile. Eight, go, 80 you, is men's league. What men's league are you fucking playing in, dude? Welcome to Delco fucking Delco, league. bro. <laughs> <laughs> don't fuck around. These but, are all guys that could have went pro. What the fuck do you yeah, mean? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, it wasn't is... for that mysterious knee injury. <laughs> no, dude, this is fucking beer league baseball. I'm telling you, this is. And again, I think we're taking this way out of context. I'm talking about pure skill. And I think hitting a golf ball with a club that's rounded is a lot harder than hitting a baseball. Um, especially over repetition, because I've been playing golf for 10 years now, practicing every day, and I'm still not even close to breaking 70. Whereas baseball, I played for three or four years, and I learned how to hit a fastball. That's all I'm saying. Case closed. Dalt, you can hit that intro if you would I like to. I bet you to. had trouble with the curve, though. No, oh it's actually... Oh, my God. You know you that Tommy's always going to have to say something. And on that you don't dislike Saddle on up for Halsey's hot takes from you by Shep. You can see and tail your friend's hottest bits. All right, guys. It's been a fun show. I also haven't hit another intro for you guys, and we'll just knock this out of the way right now because at some point, you need to know how you're going to win your money that you're going to brag about on the Sharps app, right? So where are you going to get your locks from? He's always slaving away at parlays for your bank account's benefit. Ladies and gentlemen, Decker Locks. Proudly powered by the Sharps app. Man, talking about baseball really got me in the mood, wanting to bet baseball, but that's just spring training right now. So we got to go with this bullshit uh, sport that they call the <laughs> NBA. The most joke sport ever. Oh, my God. I hope nobody had to watch the All-Star game or the dunk contest. But, terrible. guys, even though uh, this league's a joke, there's still money to be made in it, right? We got the... Bulls plus eight at home tomorrow. We got um, Pelicans six and a half um, also at home tomorrow. We got Warriors money line against um, the Lakers with LeBron out. So got that in. I'm sure the number uh, changed. And then uh, actually a really ga a game I'm looking forward to is the Suns-Mavs tomorrow. Without uh, picking a side in that game, Booker and Luka kind of hate each other. So I, I definitely think uh, – they're going to bring the best out of each other competitive, and it's going to be a high-ass scoring game. So I took both of them over. And, of course, Huka Doncic, not Luka, over 31 <laughs> and a half. And the odds are looking juicy, you guys. $100 would turn in a 15-28. Oh, my God. Could you guys imagine a nice 15-28 in your bank account? <laughs> well, yeah, thank you. Thank you to Sharps for uh, sponsoring. Make sure to sign up, track your friends' bets, and use code um, – 302D866. See, I don't I know just about you say guys. Too, I think that this is the, the best thing you've ever crafted up in the lab, dude. When I'm looking at all these, I mean, it's not like the worst odds. 
No. This is five things right here. This is a five legger. Yeah. Yeah. Five leg Luger. I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna put a couple nickels on this tonight. Not a okay. hundred bucks, obviously. Yeah. But put, hey, put I the house on it. All right, put fuck it. I'm gonna put the house on it tonight. Good. <laughs> um, in all seriousness, though, I, I really like this. What which of these I wanted to ask is the most variable leg for you, Decker? Like which of these is your biggest risk? I, I would I would probably say um Luker Booker because they just you know, the Suns Mavs, it's kind of turning into a rivalry now between those two. And you guys know how much of a joke the NBA is. There's no defense. So I definitely think um, uh, you can see uh, uh, here's a horse hot, horse hot take. Um, at least one of these guys is dropping 40 tomorrow. Mm. Mm. All right. I'll keep that in the back of my brain. But hey, I appreciate you uh, bringing us the locks and taking the time out of your day to do that. Can you somehow? Figure out a way, Decker, to bring uh, Patrick Queen here. Like, can you make enough money to just pay him yourself or some shit like that? Like, could we figure that out? Yeah, I mean, I can go and pick him up at the airport right now. But, yeah, I got to hit a couple more parlays to, you know, afford that, uh, afford that Uber. In all seriousness, how would you feel about a linebacker like this coming to Philly? Veteran guy investing in the position? Look, here – I think we're all going to unanimously agree that Patrick Queen would be a perfect fit here in Philadelphia. But at the end of the day, it comes down to personnel and it comes down to Howie Roseman. Um, if he truly believes um, that he should invest heavy capital in the linebacker position, um, you know, he's not going to be cheap. Um, he's 24 years old, coming off a great year. That Ravens defense was unbelievable all season long. So you're going to have to call for the big bucks. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, I really don't think Howie values the linebacker position to that extent. I think we're going to definitely upgrade um, our linebacker, but I, I just don't see him going after a stud. While I think we definitely should. Um, and hopefully he goes after him or pursues a top cornerback in free agency. Legarius Steed? I mean, yeah, well, that's a good question. I mean, that's a position we need, linebacker for sure. Yep. But I did see uh, Van Geichel from the Dolphins, Vic Vangio's defense. I think that would be a good cheaper bet. He's a, I think he's 25, 26 years old. I think it would definitely be a good fit for the Eagles. Patrick Queen, obviously, unanimously, yeah, we would love him to be in Philly, but it's a matter about the price tag. You know what I mean? Whereas Ben Geichel is not as good as Patrick Queen, but he fits that role that we need at linebacker. I think it would be a good fit to uh, to pursue Ben Geichel for sure. Wholeheartedly agree. Nothing else to add. Nope. You guys know. Jack knows. Go Tigers. You know I'm going to say my piece about it. I wanted this guy when he was coming into the league. Then he got drafted to the Ravens. He had a great career there, but come to Philly, baby. Come to Philly. Invest in the position. I don't know if Howie's going to draft a guy. I think if Kool-Aid McKinstry's there, that was in my mock draft today, who I saw the Eagles take um, in my own mock draft, just based on pure availability by rankings. Nothing, you know, not any knowledge. That was just the PFF rankings, but I really think that they're going to probably invest somewhat in the cornerback position just based on best available. Because when you look at somebody like Nicobe Dean last year, right, he was probably the fourth or fifth best ranked, if not third or second best ranked linebacker going into the draft, at least a couple months before. Then his 
draft stock really dropped draft night. He went to like the third round, which nobody expected. So I'm trying to say I wouldn't be shocked to see how we wait again on a player like Jeremiah Trotter thinking in the, you know, is dead. Oh, I can do this fucking again. And then, you know, before we know it. So fuck it. I am all on the train of sign a veteran. Get like, don't put a band-aid on the just go invest in it because we need it. You gotta be be keen on paying Devonta Smith. So we gotta make sure we have cash base for that next season. They, they added twenty million dollars to the cap. We're good. We're sixteenth now in the league somehow, right? I saw that today. We're like, I, right and I saw some like some easy moves we're gonna make, like cutting Kevin Byard saves like thirteen million, something <laughs> along those. Lines. Fuck out of here with him, man. Yeah. Get out. Exactly. That, and then also, um, guys, we got some incentive on the cap if we extend um, Devontae Smith and Landon Dickerson. So I definitely think that's going to be top of the. Yeah, top of the Eagles' priorities, so stay tuned for that. Hell yeah. So stay. I would love Landon Dickerson to stay back. Uh, number 69 oh, on the field, but number one number. in our hearts. I'll uh, I'll leave it at that. But that's everything we got for you guys tonight. Like Matt mentioned. <coughs> trivia. Oh, yeah, trivia. I forgot to ask it. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Take it away, Jack. Time for everybody's favorite part of the show, 302 Trivia, with your host, Jack Dalton, the mayor of Delaware. Thank you to Safeway for that sponsorship. As we know, spring training is coming up. Make sure you buy your ticket and purchase it through TickPick. Uh, tonight's question we have for you is Brian Dawkins, Eric Allen, and Bill Bradley are tied for the most career interceptions for the Eagles with A, 36 interceptions, B, 30 interceptions, C, 40 interceptions, or D, 34 interceptions? Are we going to go over the answer now, Dalt? Uh, I just texted you my answer, so I'm all good. If you guys haven't, go ahead and text Jack his answer. I'll do my best Jeopardy impression for the next 10 seconds. Welcome <laughs> to Jack. No, I'm just kidding. In all seriousness, though, I think I do got it. Uh, I think I might get this one. We don't know the score for you guys. We'll have to update you guys in a couple of weeks. Had a lot of things cooking. And I do also want to take this opportunity to tell you guys, I think tomorrow, if not tomorrow, Saturday, let's say Saturday for sure, the Birdman vlog is going to be dropping. So you guys see in the background where Ashley's at, the 302 Birds Unlimited TV. We filmed our first ever episode here in the studio, so stay tuned for that. Me and Matt filmed it with our boy Birdman, which was a ton of fun. And that episode should be dropping this Saturday if I get it done editing. We've just had a bunch cooking, but I really want to appreciate you guys and thank everybody all for their support. I want to thank our entire team on here, everybody that puts their time and effort into the podcast and helping us. It is greatly appreciated. But stay tuned because the content for you guys, I'll just put it this way. It's about to get a uh, a step up. So if you guys are liking it now, you're going to love it even more in a couple of months and where we want to take this thing. So stay tuned. But without further ado, go ahead and take us to the trivia answer, Jack. Yeah, so again, Brian Dawkins, Eric Allen, and Bill Bradley are tied for the most career interceptions for the Eagles with the answer is D, 34. Woohoo! Ah, let's go. D's nuts. So, <laughs> so we got Decker, correct. Point for Decker. We got a point for Dalt. We got a point not for Matt. Um, we got a point for Salucci, and we got a point for Ash. That really? is I'm the only nice one. Tri- yeah, you suck. <laughs> Fuck you, Jack. 
It's because you had a bad hot take. That's why. It was a great oh, hot take. Oh, oh, oh my god! I mean, that was a hell of a hot take. Went there. Wow. I'm never gonna hear yeah. the end of it now. Oh my <laughs> god. Tommy, tell me how you dislocate your uh, shoulder playing some wiffle ball. Anyway, because um, <laughs> it's a more contact sport than golf. That's not. That's true. not true. Have you please? ever been hit by a golf cart? It hurts like a bitch. Yes. <laughs> like Dawn said, please be on the lookout for the uh, first ever um, 302 Birds Unlimited. Uh, without further ado, unless Dawn has something else. No, no, hey, sorry. Jeff, it's an outro, not an intro. Get that motherfucking outro. Golf is harder. I agree with you. Golf, I can do when I'm 94,000 years old. Baseball, I can only do between 20 and like 30. Mom, when you're fucking 80 with me, I'm giving my life expectancy another five years, you douchebag, and I'm going to fucking put you in hockey pads and we're going at it. I love you. You're living until 75, not 80. 76. Please tell me.